Welcome to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. We're here to help you know, love, be, and live your dream life. We talk about reaching your dreams and all that's in between. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey, it's your girl, Janelle Jones with Janelle Jones Empowers, and you are listening to Girl, You Got This podcast. Today, we're going to continue the Don't Struggle in Silence book series. We are here today with author Datarsha Davis, and she's going to get into her story very soon. Welcome to the podcast, Datarsha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, to be here. Awesome. We're so glad to have you, or I'm so glad to have you as well. So we're going to get into knowing more about you. So tell us about yourself. Uh, Well, I'm a mom of two. I am a published author. I am a speaker. I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. I've been an educator for 16 years um, on the high school level uh, with a specialty in exceptional education. Um, Struggle in Silence is a book headed by Ashley Pittman, where she took authors who tell their stories of pregnancy loss. This book will be available on Amazon May 20th. So tell us your story about pregnancy loss. So my pregnancy loss, I have, uh, I have three angel babies. Um, I, my first pregnancy resulted in an ectopic pregnancy or tubal pregnancy. Um, so it had to be terminated. Um, and so after that, I became pregnant with twins. I went into labor really, really early, um, which resulted in me losing my son. And then after, after that, I had a miscarriage, <laughs> maybe um, two months into the, the pregnancy, I, I had a miscarriage. Um, so I've had many pregnancy losses. Um, the other side of that is I have two wonderful daughters um, as a result, but um, prior to those, yeah, I, I have three angel babies. Wow. You know, I didn't even hear the term of angel babies until um, this group began to talk about their pregnancy loss. And so that has to be devastating to lose those children. I can't even imagine, especially when it comes to the twins. Yeah. Um, how far along were you when you were um, when the babe, when your son actually passed away, I was 25 weeks, so I had just mm. crossed over um, the, the uh, probably I just crossed the six month mark, um, and it's just so ironic because you know when you're pregnant, the 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 thing is people most especially family they'll tell you well you know don't tell anyone until at least after. I want to say is it the eight week mark, and you know because mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of when you're a little out of the woods as far as miscarriages and um, you know early pregnancy loss. So um, once I did tell people and I didn't go shopping, I was like really really anxious because I wanted to you know you when you're pregnant, we, women our mind goes from one to one hundred. Like almost the moment you find out you're pregnant, you're, you're thinking of names, you're online shopping for clothes. You don't, you know, you may not physically buy anything, but 
it's just those exciting moments that you live for, you know, getting out of the awkward phase where people is like, is she pregnant or does she just have a really extended belly? Um, so those types of things you look forward to. And I was really looking forward to um, shopping for my babies. And once I turned, you know, like the day before I turned six months, I actually went to Target and I did my baby registry because I was like, okay, well, now is the time. I'm out of the woods. And then the next day I'm in the hospital in, in, in labor. Wow. So you were in a position where you were just like, yes, you know, I made it. And then boom. yes, it's when you, when you're finally wow. able to take that, you really, you're able to take that sigh of relief and then it just mm-hmm. snatched away in, in an instant. And you're left understanding mm-hmm. why. And then, you know, there was a lot of blame on myself because, you know, I had I, I started having contractions um, probably around maybe the fourth month. Um, so at this point, mm-hmm. I, was, I was already seeing a specialist because of having, you know, being pregnant with twins. So mm-hmm. I was put mm-hmm. on medication and I was going to the doctor um, weekly. And so... Even while shopping in Target, I was having these contractions, but I'd taken my medicine and I was like, okay, well, I go to the doctor Monday, so I I should be fine. I I wasn't just immediately alarmed because I didn't know. This was my first, as far as I had gotten in the pregnancy. So I I didn't know that maybe you should, you know, maybe I should just go ahead and go to the emergency room because I was already on these pills for having contractions. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I just need to you know, get off my feet and, um, you know, take some of my pills and, and lie down and everything will be okay. Um, but it totally wasn't. And it's almost like that's when it just begin, the events begin to take a turn. Um, so you actually deliver both of the babies at that 24-week mark, yeah. right? Yeah. I, um, okay. I ended up having an emergency C-section. Um, and when I woke from surgery, um, they assured me that my, my little girl was fine, but nobody was mentioning my son. Um, and at mm. that point, the alarms started going off. Um, and as a mother, I just, I, deep down, I, I, I knew. I, but on the surface, I was just still trying to hold on to the hope um, that everything was fine and that he was fine. And then I was informed mm-hmm. the nurses did not even tell me. Um, I don't think they had the heart at that time to tell me. So actually, they, mm-hmm. when they asked me, they was like, well, do you want your mom and the rest of the family to come in? And at that point, I, I knew. I knew. Mm-hmm. But I was just waiting on someone to verbally tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm waiting for that confirmation for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, I'm sure you still had hope. Yeah. Like even though these things were happening, the hope was still there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can definitely learn more about her story and don't struggle in silence. Um, the details of it and what happened. We're going to get into what may what made you share your story of pregnancy loss with the world. Um, the the fact that there was no one to share with me made me want to mm-hmm. share with others um no one knows what that feels like unless they've been through it you know people can sympathize but unless someone has been through it they can't 
And even with that, everybody processes in their own way, but still just having um, someone else's story to kind of draw from and, and to, to get encouragement and strength from would have helped. Um, however, when I looked, I didn't find any. So mm. to avoid women feeling that the way that I felt in, in those moments uh, made me want to share my story. And I think that's amazing because you're saying um, you didn't find anyone from or to provide encourage and strength. Um, you're going through this moment in this time where you're sat and you experience a loss. You're going through a grieving process. And the one thing that you're looking for is hope, encouragement and strength. And that was not no, there was nowhere to be found. Correct. Um, mm. I, I, I think the Martha Dimes offered um, they had a, a, a support group, but I think that support group was geared more towards um, the living twin for, for being premature because mm, yeah, okay. rather than the death of an infant. I see. Wow. So it was more for the ones who survived. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And not for the, wow. And how was that? Like, did you did you go to that support group? I didn't because it, it, it wasn't okay. I didn't feel it was what I I needed. Um, okay. During this I mean during this time there were several ups and downs because you know I feel I felt in a way I felt guilty for grieving when I still had a child that was still living and needed me. You know, so mm-hmm. it was. It it be confusing. Mm. So I, the support I needed was support that was going to equally um, feed both sides of the grief of the loss and dealing with the uncertainty of the living twin who was now in the NICU. And then, like the anticipation of that, like anticipating her hurrying up through that process of healing so you won't have to experience another loss. Correct. And then also dealing with your own loss. Yes. Of the other twin. Yes, because mm-hmm. even though I had the twin in the NICU, I'm still, I was still holding my breath because, you know, first it is like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if she makes it through the night, then, okay, she made it through this night. Once she passed the one week, we're, we're okay. So then it's holding my breath waiting her to pass the one week mark and then it was holding my breath waiting for her to, to get to two pounds because when they were about born they were a pound the, my son was a one pound ten ounces and my daughter was one pound seven ounces and now mm-hmm. it's waiting for her to pick up weight to make it to the you know the two the two month mark I mean I'm sorry the two pound mm-hmm. mark and then after that it's holding my breath waiting for her to come off all of these different um ventilators and um, oxygen and all of these tubes that are connected to her. So it's, it's, it's everything was, was a waiting game until I actually got her home. Wow. And I'm, cause I'm trying to picture that. So you have the waiting game of one twin getting healed while still trying to process the grief of the other twin. Correct. That's a lot. So it was a full range of emotions. Um, There was anger, depression, um, 
in, in, in the midst of all of that, it is joy from celebrating the little games of the, the living twin um, and still, you know, having that grief from the one who, who, who didn't survive. Uh, so it, it, mm-hmm. it was just, it, it, yeah, it, it was a very, very trying time for, for me. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it was a thing where mm-hmm. I, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, um, I didn't want to eat, but I had to. I had to find the strength to be there for my other, my other twin. I had to be there for her wow. because she needed me. I didn't have time to wallow, even though wallowing was what I wanted to do. That's powerful. Um, and that's, that's definitely challenging because it's almost like an outer body experience. Like I have to do two things at one time and it's like, and both of them are necessary, the grieving process and the being there for the other baby. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, when did you realize it was important to share your story? Um, when I first started my journey, something just said, write it down write it down, write it down. Mm-hmm. So from the moment I wanted to pursue motherhood, um, I started documenting my, my, my journey. Um, I didn't think anything would ever come of it, but I just started documenting. Once everything happened, at first I put it down because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be as open. I didn't want people to know mm-hmm. my struggles. I didn't want um, I didn't want anyone to look at me with shame or with pity. Um, but then again, like I said, once I realized what I'd gone through could be medicine for someone else, I knew it was important to share. You know, if it was going to, mm-hmm. it was going to help someone else heal, then mm-hmm. okay, I'll, I'll be that vessel. Which is a great thing to do because a lot of people don't share a lot of people do not provide information about their story or they say this is I've been through this or this happened to me but they don't go through the process Mm -hmm. of the healing or exposing it or any of that so I commend you for being able to share your story because you're right ultimately your story will help heal other people who've been through the same thing as you have it's so powerful and it's so needed. So my next question to you is, <clears throat> what do you want people to learn from pregnancy loss? Um, first and foremost, I want them to learn that it is okay. Um, it, 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 it really is okay. And it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to remember that, and I think, you know, as we touched on, that's one of the things people don't really want to talk about it. And the only way you, some, with some people, the only way you know that they've gone through it is because you share your story and they say, oh, well, yeah, I had a miscarriage in such and such. And I've had that to happen with some of my older family members when I went through mm-hmm. miscarriage or when I, you know, lost my son. And that's, oh, yeah, well, I went through such and such, or I had a miscarriage. I lost such and such between this child and that child. And we had 
I had no idea. Mm, 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 most of the time, they don't share until you open up and share. What is next for you? What What happens now? What are you about to do? Uh, well, what's next for me? Hopefully, I can continue to write. I can. Um, I will continue to inspire. Mm. Um, I'll continue to speak as as as, as much as mm. I can um, about my journey. Um, I started an online support group on Facebook. It's called Empty Cribs. Um, mm. Yeah, I created it because, you know, there are times when, like, we have Mother's Day just passed. And if I have a moment, you know, it, it may be a time where I just need to vent, you know. And other people may not understand that, but if I have this support group, I can go on there and I can then, and it's, it's just to, to form a a bond, a sisterhood for those who have lost, um, you know, an infant or who have lost a pregnancy, you know, just to say, hey, I, I, I need a little support today. I'm, you know, I'm a little down today or I had a moment today and I, I just need to, to vent. So I also did a, and this was maybe a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. I did a, it was called Rainbow of Angels. And what Rainbow of Angels was, it was a day in October, which is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Month. So women or families who have lost, you know, a child or a pregnancy would come together and just kind of remember those children. So I do plan on picking that back up because I think it is Mm -hmm. very important for us to have just a day to come together and say, I remember, you know, this child was real to me, whether I got to meet the child or not, it was important to me. The child was real and, 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 and I will always remember. So it was just a remembrance, a, a, um, a program of remembrance. Okay. And I think that's very excellent. I think like the empty cribs, that is an amazing idea. Um, having empty cribs as a support group and having the rainbows in, you said in angels, rainbow rainbow of angels, rainbow of angels, um, where we identify and acknowledge those children that we lost Mm -hmm. as a way to help us heal and grow Mm -hmm. from this experience. And I think those are awesome groups. So I'm looking forward to see like the growth of those, both of those groups in the future. Cause I think they're not only, brilliant ideas but they are absolutely needed and what i'm learning how can people follow you tell us where you are on instagram or facebook or any of your social media platforms or if you have a website like tell us all your information okay so um, you can find me on facebook at Natasha davis i think that when you begin to though um for the facebook groups especially um when you um, once you begin to um, grow, get into that, I, I, I have no doubt that your um, Empty Cribs group will grow because, like I said, it's, it's very needed. And this is a topic that's so taboo mm-hmm. um, to me, at least, uh, where it's like people are just not really talking about it. So I'm glad that Ashley did this book. Yes, and I thank you for platforms like this because um, on Facebook, um, I don't have many friends who have experiences experience the loss that I have experienced or they may not be quite ready to expose that therefore they're not ready to join groups like this and 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 and, and 
open mm-hmm. those wounds. So in order mm-hmm. to have different platforms where women from different states are able to hear and they're like, ah, okay, so here's somewhere I can go when I need when I need support. And that's 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 the key. Because um, like I said, in the African American community, so many things are taboo. Um, when mm-hmm. I started my journey, I was first told that I suffered from um, unexplainable infertility. And mm. infertility is definitely something that was not addressed in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. All, all the posters that we would see, all the commercials on TV that dealt with infertility, we always had our lighter shade brothers and sisters um, um, in those commercials or on those billboards. Um, so mm-hmm. in the African-American community, it was not talked about. And so um, I had no support in that, in that instance either um, because it's, it's, it's not talked about. And then I think stereotypes of black women play into that because we are looked upon as being strong. We're looked upon as being fertile. Um, so to, to have to be diagnosed with unexplained infertility, I definitely, mm-hmm. my first reaction was shame. Mm. Because it mm-hmm. wasn't widely talked about. You know, it's more talked about now than than opposed to ten years ago. But uh, it's still definitely one of those taboo topics in our community. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think you said a big word there, shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is one of the things, like you said. We have somehow been taught that there's so many things that we cannot get help with. And if we do as a, as a community, then something is wrong with us mm-hmm. and it breeds that shame. Mm-hmm. So I think you hit the, the um, hammer right with the nail mm-hmm. when you're exposing that shame and just saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like you said, one of the things that you said um, when you talked about what one of the things you want them to learn, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it is okay, and it's very crucial to your journey. Mm-hmm. It, it it is um, because I think you know, in telling people it's okay, you think if you talk about it or tell someone about it, they're going to think something is wrong. You're automatically going to be judged. Yes, um, and you know, no one wants that. So a lot of things we keep bottled up, and so then mm-hmm. you just know it's it's okay. You will, you will find a like spirit, um, you know, and you will, people are more accepting and understanding than what you realize. Sometimes you just have to open up. And you also have to understand that there's liberty in sharing your story. Yeah. That you never know who you can help by telling your truth. Exactly. Yes. Well, I thank you so much, Detarsha. I hope that you got all this information. This is some good information, the empty cribs, all that stuff. I'm hoping that maybe I'll compile some type of list once we finish with the interviews to show you all the resources that you're able to complete when it comes to pregnancy law so that you can join these ladies in their um, expertise in the healing process of pregnancy laws. Mm -hmm. So again, Don't struggle in silence. I am a victor will be released on Amazon May 20th. 
please make sure you pick up your copy as soon as it's released and support these ladies in their journeys. So thank you again for tuning into Girl, You Got This. And remember, we're continuing the journey on the Don't Be Silent or Don't Struggle in Silent book. Thank you again for tuning in. I'll see you. Thank you for tuning in to Janelle Jones Empowerment Podcast. Please be sure to visit our website at JanelleJonesEmpowers.com. There you'll be able to sign up for free information to help you live out your dreams.